0: hello man what a great theme song that was <sighs> how many come. weeks in a row are we gonna have to talk about how great the theme song was as soon as it stops being great i'll let you know it's the uh okay i already did freaking sweet <laughs> trying to think of one other word that starts with f it's the f- fan have we done fantastic yes we must have <laughs> the fourth episode <laughs> i Oh, the problem is there's so many letters, there's so many numbers that start with F. Um, Uh Okay, this is the, 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 I really thought it would come to me. Phenomenal? I think we must have done that. It's the uh, festering... (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) Surely not. (laughs) (laughs) The festering 15th episode of the comics podcast that is just... It's doing, <laughs> it's doing numbers. The, the sad truth is I did think of a good intro for if we had kept Strip Club, but still waiting on one for God the Whoa, <laughs> it was Just, just pitch the one for Strip Club. The, one for, the one for Strip Club was going to be, so like the general uh, line for the show, we probably could have used it in episode zero, was going to be... The podcast with all the sexual energy you'd expect from two adult siblings talking about comic books, and then each episode—i like you said something to that effect. Maybe I did. Uh, and then each episode, it could have the sexual energy of some specific reference. For example, this episode would be the podcast with all the sexual energy you'd expect from a show about a comic book where someone euthanizes their pet. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. We could just use that. <laughs> there's nothing stopping us necessarily I guess so it's just weird to introduce the sexual element when the show isn't called the strip club also are you implying that a show between two child siblings would have more sexual energy <sighs> I mean it's <laughs> certainly it's open to interpretation and uh, authorial oh. intent can only be considered so far oh no <laughs> you say you, you want to let the work speak for itself that's right <laughs> Okay, whatever. I have a pitch. The podcast that's in the toilet caught oh. the runs. You know, because that's the joke. The podcast you can't stop even if you wanted to. Oh, <laughs> but, but mine was bad. <laughs> the Eternal Struggle. Uh, today, of course, we are we're on our fourth episode on the same comic, and frankly, that's enough for me. Not that... Not that I think this episode won't be an absolute banger, but we're discussing the comic that (laughs) Time.com says that it rivals TV's Lost as a smart, (laughs) consistently entertaining work of popular art. They bring up Lost all the time, and I know it's because Vaughn was writing on Lost, but it's like, it's not really that much like Lost, other than the fact that he's writing it. It's kind of like Lost. I I mean, I haven't seen that much Lost, but... I mean, they like, don't talk has, about numbers sci-fi. at all. <laughs> what about 355? That's true. Fair enough. No smoke monster, though. <laughs> yeah. The biggest, the biggest difference between Lost and my Lost Man, <laughs> Man is it doesn't have a smoke monster. The, the pit or whatever never opens. <laughs> the pit? I don't remember what it's called. The cave? The hatch. The hatch, right. <laughs> I have also Nazi Lost, but even I know more <laughs> than even I know that much. Um, yes, we are discussing the final 11? 12. 12. 12. My math is classic. The final 12 issues of Brian K. Vaughan's Why the Last Man. I think we pretty much have the the, the crew assembled at this point, where it's BKV writing, mm-hmm. Pia Guerra and Goran Dragic penciling, <laughs> Jose Marzin and Goran inking xylanol coloring and massimo carnival wait cover. when does he does he ink his own issues no i guess no so, yeah. no no jose marzan jr inks every issue in the series in motherland he is credited as both a penciler and an inker. Oh, interesting he must have inked like one particular sequence then because i'm pretty sure jose marzan jr is along with bkv and uh, clem robinson who i believe is the letterer those are like the three people who are credited on all 60 issues maybe he inks the cover um, no um, maybe he inks i am woman <laughs> the comic maybe actually you know what i think <laughs> that's it's, I, that was a genuine suggestion I, th- I think that's probably right or i was going to suggest that maybe uh maybe suzuka inks that but if he's credited as the inker then maybe not. yeah that's what i'm saying that suzuka inks that that would because, make sense for both of his issues, it is credited as art by Goron Suzuka. That's definitely not the way to pronounce it because it's got the little accent in there. But well, we're going for it. <laughs> Goron Suzuka and Jose Marzon Jr. are both credited in both of his issues. Interesting. But, but I Am Woman is only in the one issue. Yes, it's like two pages. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying that I'm saying that Jose Marzon inks like most of it and then uh, Goron Suzuka inked that part. Right, right. But didn't you say that Suzuka is credited as Inker on multiple issues? No. Hmm. Well, he's just credited in the... This is so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the nitty gritty, baby indeed um but let's let's jump in shall Do we let's i've been excited to get to this uh, chunk of issues uh because they're good number one but also because it's uh, you know this is where it all wraps up um and i don't necessarily <laughs> <laughs> totally t- there's no denying um i don't necessarily feel the need to get into the story beat by beats so much as there is like a few particular we can well this the the last issue i do but there's a few particular things that i think are worth spending time on from each arc yes to say the least there's one thing in particular Uh, (laughs) okay i'm not sure what you mean by that but let's start do you have something in mind for motherland well we have to do my classic segment Uh what am i looking at this time (laughs) you check out this (laughs) go feast your eyes buddy So this is a weird cover. That's the cover to number forty-nine, I believe, yes. is the one that we're looking at today. I think it's supposed to be Yorick and Beth. They're in a storm. Other Beth. No, or original, original Beth. Beth. Beth classic, and they're I, because I think it's sort of evoking the scene, the dream sequence at the very beginning of the issue, the Casablanca dream sequence where right. Like, it starts in black and white, and then it, Beth is sucked into, like, a colorful rift. Right. But it doesn't really make that much sense. No. But, you know, the coloring's cool. Certainly. So, um, yeah. So, Motherland, you know, we, we're in China. It, it skipped ahead a little from where we were uh, last time after the confrontation between the Mans and Toyota yes. and Beth. So, Dr. Mann is, like, still working on her cloning project. York and 355 are planning to go to France. And then we also get this new group, which I like a lot, <laughs> which is Beth and Bethany Jr. Yes, the moms. Hero, Siba and Vlad, and Natalia. We do, we all... do also learn that uh, it's actually Elizabeth, but I will never not think of her as Bethany Jr., certainly. Yes, correct. Well, no, doesn't she say something about how... She could have called her Elizabeth, but she didn't want to or something. No, no. Her her name is Elizabeth. She says she she doesn't like other, like, Beths who go by Elizabeth. Right. So, yes. And so the, the big thing that sort of gets revealed at this point is that Dr. Mann reveals that her plan is to clone Yorick specifically rather than just any man because she is worried that basically other clones might not work. And so it becomes, it goes from the plan being to clone someone to cloning Yorick, and also her two examples of who she's going to clone after this are Johnny Depp and Al Gore. <laughs> uh, yes, two icons of our age to be sure. But yes, this is so. It's kind of an interesting pivot here to sort of. I mean, I, always with this like because like this is this feels so. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but it feels very populist in the sense that it's, you know, very constantly moving and the themes can sometimes feel a little surface level to some extent. Or like, you know, I I certainly wouldn't say they're they're art themes, but like (laughs) there isn't necessarily always a lot of subtext. Mm -hmm. So I was sort of trying to interpret like what this sort of means for Yorick that she is planning to clone him because i mean obviously yorick's insecurities have been a big part of the book and his sort of fear of his own lack of masculinity and lack of other important traits yeah i don't know if it's necessarily thematically uh that it's like so so essential as it is kind of part of the machinery of the story insofar as like it makes sense that he would be the one who gets cloned because he's the one who they already know, like jives with the whatever it is uh, that is transferred from ampersand. And like we'll learn, we'll hear later about how like it takes them a long time to figure out how to even clone him without like the clones being killed by ampersand's, you know, agent whatever. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I think I think it's a bit of like preparing the the road for like the highly i don't know about highly but the like sciencey sort of like dna slash like evolutionary plague proposal that we're going to hear from uh, dr matsumori as this story goes on and like yeah you know it ties into those those themes about like he can't believe he's like the last man so obviously it's also going to be somewhat you know troubling for him to consider that he will also be like the template for all or, or like most men until they can sort of get things figured out and stabilized. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I think, I think a lot of this and a lot of the conclusion sort of goes back to Yorick's maybe not self-hatred exactly, but his sort of insecurity and insecurity and in his masculinity and things like that. Um, just one other thing I wanted to talk about. There's a conversation between Rose and Allison where, Basically, uh, they're talking about how Rose is, you know, a secret Australian spy mm-hmm. for the key, uh, etc. For the dingo ring. Uh. It's like the Australian <laughs> version of the culprit ring. <laughs> um, and, and basically, Allison is like, does this mean you're straight too? And then there's this exchange. Rose says, and I'm going to do my accent here. How many times did I go down on you in our first night together? That turned out well. <laughs> down under am i right <laughs> oh, 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 oh i'm furious but then allison says and this is like it's like given its own panel and like ends the scene so it's really meant to be like a big beat uh, she says you know what they say about chinese food yeah now what does that mean i think that like it's a <laughs> that it tastes good no that you're hungry again in a few hours i think is the joke oh isn't that what okay the, that's what the thing is right I don't, but I guess the problem is I don't know what they say about Chinese food. (laughs) I think the joke is, with Chinese food, you're hungry again in a few hours, which is why she keeps going back to the well, so to speak. Right. Because she just can't um, get enough. (laughs) Okay, You, you really don't need to go into detail here. Interesting. Yes, apparently this is the thing. Why do you feel hungry after eating Chinese food? Huh. As, as dim sum connoisseurs, we certainly have experience with this. But also, I feel like I have more experience with just like laying on the couch moaning yeah, and moaning at acting after each other. Don't like I I it's always true, would eat I... again at like three o'clock, and like I have strong memories of Dad starting to like scavenge in the fridge also at about like three o'clock after we would well, have dim sum for lunch. Play certainly, but yes. So thank you for <laughs> clarifying that for me. Um, another. Just a cover thing I wanted to point out. Issue 50 has one of my favorite covers of the series, which is the, the male, the female, and the monkey arms forming the Y. Yes, lots of... there's. I think every issue after 49 has a Y in it somewhere. I We'll, we'll, we'll check in on that, actually. So then we get into... The group gets kidnapped by the two doctors, Matsumori... Um, yes. Well, we, like, we also learn here that, uh, not learn, but um, like Dr. Man has been seen bleeding profusely previously oh, yes, as a yes, side yes. effect of uh, of giving birth to her own clone prematurely. Uh, and it's, it's accelerating, seemingly. Yes, which is kind of pretty quickly thrown out because we find out after the fact that it's basically pretty much what you would think that the the clone side effects have given her these like tumors yep. and her mother performs a hysterectomy or something to that effect yep. on her. So yes. So they get kidnapped by the two but by, by Toyota, who is revealed to be working with both doctors, Matsumori. Well, she's um, and, like, she's really only working with like Papa Matsumori. Yes, but there but she's mama matsumori is also working right or but is... like under duress yes and then we sort of we we start to get into some quote-unquote answers about the nature of the plague this is skipping well, ahead. hold on but... hold on let's let's pause first <laughs> well, you... <laughs> Can you do it did you see the revelation of papa matsumori coming i so that's the thing is we talked about this last episode where it was like Oh, like they sort of allude to Doctor M, and it's like, is it the female or the female Doctor Matsumori or the male Doctor Matsumori or 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 Doctor Ming? Ming? Yeah, there's lots of Doctor Ms floating around. But when I when I read it, I always read it as Toyota is working for the male Doctor Matsumori, Allison's father, right? And so like, and so it wasn't. It didn't even feel like I was like, oh, like this is clearly meant to be a reveal, but like, it's so it's always left so intentionally vague that like i don't think any any of the three of them would have surprised me like if it was dr ming i wouldn't be like whoa it was dr ming the whole time i'd (laughs) be like oh okay so it didn't really it didn't come across as a reveal to me right so you you thought like basically from the beginning that dr m was always male dr matsumori that was my assumption. as And I, I hadn't even considered Dr. Ming as a possibility until you brought it up in our last episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I have, of course, read it before, so I was not surprised. But I believe I was surprised the first time I read it. And not, not like, <gasps> but like, was like, what the? There's another man. It's just that Dr. Ming is so infrequently mentioned well yeah she's introduced kind of late (laughs) and and is always in kind of like a backseat role to dr matsumori yes and at this point like we've we do have i mean we have vlad who is not exactly a character but is sort of like the evidence that other men can exist yeah but he's that was after like a long sort of like c plot about getting him inoculated before he could leave the hot suite yes but also like knowing that it's like well he's like the doctor of this stuff so i never believed like it's impossible for him to have survived like i was uh, it always felt like if anyone was to have survived it would be him right and of course my favorite hot sweet is cinnamon hearts don't know about you but um okay hot chocolate i guess (laughs) oh yeah that's good I Everything was thinking spicy, winter. but <laughs> wait, wait, did we talk about did we talk about hot chocolates? You sexy thing in a previous episode? I don't think so. I'm almost certain we did. But wait, maybe, the, maybe there's the some artists behind to... you sexy thing. Is yeah, hot chocolate? It's the band Hot Chocolate. Is that not is that song not called "I Believe in Miracles"? No, it's called. It might be called "You Sexy Thing." Brackets, parenthetical, I believe. I believe in miracles. Oh, that's that's crazy. It is, yes, I'm correct on all counts. It is Hot Chocolates, You Sexy Thing. Also, uh, the artist behind one of their more underrated songs, Everyone's a Winner. Just wanted to (laughs) throw that in there. All right, so your favorite favorite hot sweet is Hot Chocolate. Mine is Cinnamon Hearts. We're ready to uh, proceed. Uh, What about a freaking Macchiato? It's not that sweet. You're right. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, so anyways, as you were trying to get to before I uh, derailed us to first talk about uh, the Dr. Matsumori reveal and then hot sweets, Dr. Matsumori is here to give like it's not exactly an exposition dump because we never get like concrete confirmation that this is in fact what happened. But he presents a very detailed theory for why like what caused the plague. Yes, I what I have written down is it's the most plausible thing that we've heard so far. Certainly. Even though it also is like kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, so we have received at this point, I think like six different theories about what causes the plague, and there will be two more. This one it's is not a two more. Oh, okay. Well <laughs> anyways. It's by far the most detailed. It is, I think, the only one that doesn't involve some kind of magic oh no no that's not true supernatural force the the we will also hear alters like half (laughs) uttered uh explanation about uh like chemical attack that was being developed for china oh right which is also scientific but it's the only one that doesn't involve some sort of supernatural explanation and also explains how it could happen like almost instantaneously worldwide like i don't think a chemical attack on china explains why every man in the world died at like light speed <laughs> right Oh uh, yeah so basically the and and like we say it's not supernatural but it's also well, yeah, it, is, <laughs> it is it is a little supernatural it is a little supernatural insofar as like as acknowledged in the book the science that it's based on is like famously garbage yeah <laughs> Oh, no, you you think the idea of like a a global biological field is <laughs> no, no. Suspect. I'm talking I'm talking about like the um he uses like a term for it, but oh, like the na- yeah, morphic resonance, yeah, the morphic resonance between a a species, yeah, which is basically the force, yeah, basically. But I think you know, obviously, there's not going to be a satisfying explanation because there. <laughs> You know, nothing has ever wiped out all male life on Earth or shown the potential to do so instantaneously. Yeah, and I I think, like, it ultimately, A, like, it doesn't matter. And that's never Beth over here. (laughs) And that's never been what the book has been about. And then we get a lampshading of it later, which I think is what you're alluding to, right? Is like, is it Beth that? Says, oh yeah, like, when Beth like looks down the barrel of the camera and says, <laughs> yeah. "It doesn't matter what caused the plague." Although York rejects that uh, line of thinking,
1: so yes, who knows? But, like,
0: yes, the the whole idea of like the answer being unsatisfying, like it seems like he was concerned about that. When I think that it's pretty clear, like, j- and maybe this is all <laughs> this is him dealing with loss syndrome, <laughs> but like. The point was never the answer, and not remotely to the same degree that it was in Lost, for example. Right. Like, it was never presented as a mystery that had to be solved. It was just like this happened, and now we are moving forward yeah. from it. It's a. Uh, I I think the fact that he never gives a definitive answer is one of the most, like controversial is maybe not the right word, but like divisive things about the series, especially just... like. Since it's a book that still gets recommended as kind of, like, an on-ramp to comics all the time, you'll see, like, like hanging out on the comic books Reddit, as I do every day, (laughs) (laughs) you'll see, like, periodically people coming in, like, real hot, having, like, just finished the series for the first time and being like, they never explained it! Uh, And so... Yeah, it's he so Vaughn says and apparently always said we will explain the plague, but we won't tell you which explanation is the right one. So the implication is that one of the proposed explanations is correct. But even then, like, it's like it doesn't it, it so doesn't matter. And like so clearly has never mattered, and it's like maybe I can understand at the time, like because of the lost thing, and because like like it's like it's the mystery. Yeah, box and thing, especially right? like a monthly story unfolding over the course of like eight six years. Right, but it's just it was just so obvious to me from the beginning that's like there's like like basically that there was never going to be a satisfying answer, and like that was not what the book was trying to explore really remotely, like it's far more interested in what like how people are responding to the plague right. and like how they are going to like sort of bring themselves out of the plague than it is about how the plague happened yes. which again ultimately even in the world of the comic does not matter yeah. like it's like a it it is almost there solely to be like a driving plot point rather than something that is actually something that is like an going to get an interesting answer yeah yeah and and pretty pretty early on it becomes less about that and more about the cloning element of it right it's it's less about what caused the plague and more about how are we going to like repopulate um vaughn wrote a script for a movie in 2010 uh in which he attempted to do like a single movie adaptation and in that script he explicitly says that the correct explanation is the uh, attempt, the chemical attack on China. Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, again, like, it's like, I can't, like, I can't really feel too strongly about one over the other. It's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I think, I think that's kind of a boring answer that also doesn't explain why York or Dr. Matsumori survived. Other than like it, that like he accidentally <laughs> like developed a cure for, or a, a like inoculation against this chemical agent, yeah, intending to do that, something totally unrelated. And the fact that the cloning then like doesn't factor into it at all, yeah. I think, is less interesting. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, I think that he may have decided on that as a simpler explanation for the purposes of like getting everything into one movie but as far as the comic goes i have a hard time taking any of the explanations other than the one that uh dr matsumori offers very seriously yeah and don't they do that in the walking dead as well where oh yeah they never reveal never really tries to explain it and then the the tv show like goes to great lengths to sort of like try and explain it or offer so explanations i think for fear it. the walking dead is like about how it happened but yeah in the walking dead comic which admittedly i have not finished the last like probably 50 issues of or, or like 30 issues of but they never it never even comes up like it wasn't something i even thought about until i like read something where they were like and you know they never explain what caused the zombie ap- and i was like well yeah i guess but it, who cares <laughs> like <laughs> yeah exactly also I always forget that the Walking Dead is still on the air it is yes it is season 11 oh. is premiering on August 22nd 2021 and will be 24 episodes over two years and that will end the show well the- <laughs> with with a spin-off series involving the characters of Daryl and carol that will start airing in 2023. Like, didn't that show start in, like, 2010? Something like that. I don't know. The comic is also, like, 50 issues too long, so it makes sense that the TV show would be, like, 50 <laughs> episodes too long. That, <laughs> the, the show might be 100 episodes. <laughs> it's currently... So it's going to have, like, 180 episodes by the time it's done. I, <laughs> so it might be more like 150 episodes too long. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah, The Walking Dead. I mean good for it (laughs) truly get that bag robert kirkman congratulations to you enjoy your seventh season of fear the walking dead invincible going strong finally got good this week as i mentioned to you uh we'll of course leave the timing of this recording vague (laughs) so that people will have to guess which episode i'm talking about oh and i'll I'll leave it vague that i might be getting a covid vaccine soon (laughs) Web. <laughs> oh, um, yes and also just another thing is uh that Alt, we get the a scene with alter where we get our answer about the photograph that we discussed last oh episode yeah of well the two okay so it's still confusing though because we get, <laughs> yes, still we makes get no sense. one scene where she's confronted by one of her uh subordinates who's like i worked in counterintelligence this photo has been doctored i can tell and, and Alter is, like, basically, like, ends justify the means, blah, blah, blah. Same thing she'll say about when she's confronted about burning down a synagogue to uh, make the Israelis think that, like, <laughs> hate crimes are being committed in France. But then later on, she will say, actually, it wasn't doctored. It just was that they weren't fighting over Yorick. They were just fighting about, like, the same things that people have always fought about. So it's like, well, which is it? it was doctored, and this counterintelligence expert was able to spot it, or it wasn't doctored, and she's just bad at her job. <laughs> like, what <laughs> what? Was it doctored or not? I think it I think it was both. I think it was that they had photos of, like female armies fighting each other over something, and then it was doctored to look like they were in like Sydney or wherever they were supposed to be I in. See. But yes, yeah, so, like the idea that's like, This photograph shows two armies fighting, which proves that they were fighting (laughs) over Yorick is just patently insane. But anyways, uh, the other big thing that we get to shortly after this. So, yes, so we're in the place where Yorick and Dr. Man are, like, chained up in a whatever compound. Yeah, his, his, like, like, secret lab. Yes, and <laughs> 355 and Rose are also chained up in a different location by Toyota, Toyota right Toyota. yeah who yeah. is was like in full what was the name of that agent from she's she's in like swamp thing villain mode at this point where she's like i'm going to torture you and it's going to be fun and here's like my dialogue that's like weirdly explicit <laughs> yes i use slurs for no clear reason <laughs> yes so the the big thing that we discover the big reveal of this arc is that there are in fact clones, and they are clones of Allison. Yes. So the the explanation that's presented is that it was this morphic resonance that, after Dr. Matsumori successfully cloned Allison, uh, in his like or out of out of his desire not only to like advance the field of cloning but also to like have a do over chance to be a good father, and he believes that at the like moment of birth of the first successful clone, it basically like triggered a uh, like genetic or evolutionary response in everything with a y chromosome to be like now that we're obsolete peace <laughs> yeah i will destroy <laughs> you deuces to the world uh we're out <laughs> uh, deuces to the world is that the got the runs tagline <laughs> <fun? laughs> uh, uh, and of course his, his his like villainous motivation here is like and also deuces for us because uh it's time for us to also die, which I find quite like interesting and compelling to be like a villainous motivation that he's like, yes, I, I like that as well that Dr. because he is the lot like not a person you would really think of as someone who has like come to the conclusion that men are like irrelevant on this earth. Yeah. And I like, I think it ties in well to like the theme of like suicidality that has been consistent throughout that we have another person who's looking to kill himself because he's like basically like the science doesn't lie <laughs> like it's time for uh, but yeah it's it's interesting that like he only trusts like himself to see that through that he's he's like created a woman's world basically at least as far as he's concerned and as, as far as i'm concerned as well but he's like still like you know toyota will go out and be my agent but i need to stick around to make sure that like it all goes off Yes, and I think that's also very... I mean, I just watched the movie (laughs) A New Leaf, directed by Elaine May. Mm -hmm. Um, And a a weird, like, side plot of that movie is about, like, how the the female character is a botanist, and she names a plant after the male lead, and he is, like, very, like, impressed by that. And so I think that maybe is sort of indicative of this idea that, like... sort of man's inherent desire to like be remembered or be important or make some kind of impact on the universe and so like he feels like even though i shouldn't be around people should still talk about me for eternity (laughs) as like the person who saved everyone well yeah he's he's an interesting character for how little like page time he's basically in like one issue like he he appears at the end uh, as like the cliffhanger kind of for i guess he's sort of like a a midway through that issue but he's only really in one issue and and the amount of like oh i guess he's in flashbacks as well i forgot about all that stuff but for how little like page time he gets he i find him like quite compelling quite interesting as far as like his motivations yeah he's a good character r.i.p pour one out Poor one for Doctor (laughs) Musmor. I I just think it's interesting that even like when Allison is her big like kind of defiant thing is like I'm gonna keep working to make sure that like men come back even if it's like men like you and he's just kind of like, all right, (laughs) like (laughs) that's chill. It's your it's your world now and that's like your decision to make. Yes, it is, and I, I you know he also I'm sure feels like the same kind of guilt that Allison felt throughout when she thought it was herself that was sort of had brought on the plague. One thing I was curious to hear if you had any thoughts of it was like sort of the idea that like it boils down to this father daughter relationship or parent child relationship, I guess more broadly, which is something that we see a lot throughout the book. Like obviously because children are such a big part of the, ideas of the book because because there have to be new children Um, but then also like you know York's relationship with his mother and 355 being an orphan and so so what do you think about sort of this idea that it, it boils down to this father daughter relationship as well. I like it thematically although what I really hate is in the last issue that like terrible look for Yorick that he basically is like, and of course, Dr. Matsumori is the reason that Allison was a genius, and so now that he's dead, like, sorry kids, sorry, sorry, all the Allison clones, you're never going to be as smart as her because Dr. Matsumori, like, I yeah, I I don't necessarily like that ultimately, uh, like Allison's accomplishments are basically like credited <laughs> to Dr. <laughs> Matsumori's like toxic influence in her life not crazy about yeah, that and I, you know like he obviously i don't think he was intending that like i think he was sort of like almost implying it as like an empowering thing like it like gave you like it showed you how powerful you well yeah were it, to it like totally was intended to be that but it's still it's, it's i know it's deeply come it. it's deeply lame it like totally like invalidates any of dr man's agency to like a certain a certain uh degree because it's like She never would have, you know... She was only a genius because her dad was a dick. (laughs) Yes. And then, yeah, we also get... um, We see a a growth in Yorick's masculinity to some degree as well. Um, I have a quote written down here. Like He says that men are supposed to grow up and figure out that the best place for all the great women probably isn't behind every great man. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is interesting because I don't think that was necessarily even what he was originally setting out to write about. But I think he sort of realized probably relatively early on that like this book can't just be about a man's like perspective. Mm -hmm. And like, there's, there's a lot more implications about what it means for women than it is what it means for men, even though I don't think he's very good at exploring those things. Like his, his stuff is all like, I feel like he writes women and writes like women's perspective from like a very male viewpoint. Like, it's 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 almost like he's like if I a man was a woman what would I care about I'd be like how do I get these freaking maxi pads <laughs> like and like that's what all of, like that's one of my problems with him is that like all of his characters sound the same but especially his women like it's so clearly being like written by a man who is like considering the problems of women in a very masculine way yeah it's very like uh not to not to spoil too much of uh what I have in the in the back pocket for when we get to Greg Rucka <laughs> at some point but it, can you dig at Rucka truly he's a he's a a writer with a reputation for like doing very well at writing female characters and constantly like every interviewer is like you do a great job with female characters what's your secret um and and I read I've I I have read a bunch of interviews with him where he's basically like there's like a frequently repeated advice that to write a good female character, you should like a man should be like, just pretend like they're a man, but with tits. And and basically, he's like, and that's like terrible advice, because like women are not men. And it's not enough to just simply like, it, there's more to giving a woman depth as a character than treating her like a man, because there's like femininity is part of who someone is as a woman. Yeah, it's, it's the same as it's the same as like colorblind that like everyone's talking about how like, oh, it should be colorblind. Like it shouldn't matter whether a character like what race character is when it's like, well, if you're going to give someone an attribute that is like very core to their identity, then it's probably going to affect who the character is in some right. way. And so I feel like like Vaughn at this point, at least kind of is coming from the school of like the key to writing a good character is to write her like I would write a man. And I think that's especially like Toyota it has like that big time. I think he does a better job with 355, especially as her arc kind of resolves. Of a, and she's also a more masculine. Yeah, character. for sure. Um, and and so I think bringing her to a place where like she has gone from being like a a very like butch very masculine character to gradually becoming more sort of feminine as the as the series has gone on is is a better showcase for him than yeah i feel like toyota rose dr man to a certain degree all are yeah what you're saying like very very masculine perspective on femininity and i don't even think that It's a problem he specifically has with women. I think he just tends to write a lot of his characters the same way. He he has, like, his voice, and his voice is that of a man. (laughs) Yes, and that that just sticks out way more when it's, like, a character who should be nothing like. And even, like, Dr. Matsumori, he writes differently than Yorick, whereas I feel like the central pretty much any central character or any kind of viewpoint character he tends to write in a similar way yeah and it's also like i feel like it's different with dr matsumori where it's kind of like and now enter like our our like master planner villain where i feel like anyone who like thinks about or like he, he's a bit of a trope you know so it's i feel like it's easier for Vaughn to like fall into a different voice when he's got kind of like he knows what he's going for a little bit more clearly right. maybe than with some of the other characters who are totally. not as like tied into sort of like classic story figures. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing I found interesting sort of about the is like this feels like it should be the finale almost because it's the resolution to sort of like the bigger story. Well, in a lot of yeah, ways. I mean this, all, all three of the stories we're going to talk about between like this one wise and wherefores and then the final issue, are all kind of about, like, especially the, this, like, Motherland and Wise and wherefore basically wrap up all of the, the plot points that are, like, sort of immediate, and then the finale, uh, like, puts a nice bow on it. But, yeah, it's, it's basically, like, a 12-issue finale. Yeah, and I don't think that it should be the finale. I just think it's interesting that sort of the more, like, plotty, more big-picture stuff he puts here, and then the last, like, whatever it is, eight issues, are mostly devoted to the characters rather than the larger story yeah it's it's like goes to show that as much as this is kind of like an action adventure book it's like emotion is sort of the action to a certain extent and i think that's like really driven home in the final issue which is like all all emotion but i think as well like obviously wise and aware force has like a few big notable action scenes but the the like real climax of the stories in some, or like the story in some ways is the issue, like the full issue basically that he spends having a conversation with Beth. Like I think we've, re- he, he kind of clears the table because he's like, this is, this has been a plotty book to a certain extent, but it's ultimately been like a character driven thing. And I want like the character action as expressed through like these emotional beats to be like where, where the story really, Peaks. Right, exactly. Another thing, right before, uh, I think this is right before, spoiler alert, Dr. Matsumori gets stabbed. R.I.P. Pour one out. <laughs> May you rest. Pour one out. Deuces. He, <laughs> deuces <laughs> to the world. He has a truly, truly outrageous line where he says, It's funny, isn't it? The English word for mercy killing is, and then he gets cut off. Mm-hmm. Did you catch this? No. That the English word for mercy killing is youth in Asia. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I did register that briefly, mostly because it's like when when medically assisted dying was like a big thing in Canada, and my wife is a doctor, I got a lot of mileage about... Well, yes, we all love... What's this I've been hearing about the youth <laughs> in Asia? <laughs> They're all in the news lately. So I registered it insofar as I was like, ah, yeah, classic class- bit, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like... You know, not enough that when you brought it up just now, I was like, "Oh yeah," it just it really made me oof. <laughs> like he would never ever say that. <laughs> it's like certainly this is... is like my clothes that I made. <laughs> Youth in Asia? <laughs> oh, uh, it's definitely a, a Vaughn joke and not a Doctor Ransom joke. <laughs> yes, um, and then there's a there's a bit of a a very nice sort of wrap up to. Because I, I guess I didn't even sort really uh, think about how this is basically the last time we see Allison, right? Uh, like she yeah. Over... Until... Her, yeah, she says her goodbye, and we don't see her. At, we don't see her again, except in the flashback in the last issue, like the the right. last flashback in the last issue. Yeah, around when I used my last tissue because I was freaking crying so much. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> Oh, that, I liked it, but at the same time, I didn't. It's I had a lot of feelings with that. Uh, uh, it's a, a um, complicated relationship you have with my yes, jokes. Indeed. Speaking of complicated relationships, we again return to... Well, hold on. Uh, this is blown by the uh, 355 v Toyota round two. Oh, yes, yes, yes. They stab each other. <laughs> <laughs> that is basically what it amounts to. Yes, I liked... A, a good example of what I was talking about is where, like, where three five, I was like every woman's worst nightmare, gravity. <laughs> it's, <laughs> which is you know like it's a funny line, I guess, but it's it's just very it's very BKV. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of this is very BKV. Yeah, I'm not like. I'm not crazy about that whole scene. Like, I, the action is not piagara's best stuff even like already having acknowledged that like that's that's an area where she showed growth over the course of the series like i think that she has done better fights than this one the lots of the dialogue <laughs> it's not great in that scene i mean i like that she uh, uses her short stick to stab toyota right in her brain so that's a good part going back to the 55 man thing i forgot that we also We get both of our lead female characters rendered infertile in like this in like a two-issue stretch. Yeah. Which is just really weird. <laughs> Especially because like and like maybe he's just like trying to subvert it a little bit by having 3 5 just like not care. But it's very strange to me that that there are two lead female characters to this book and they both like get this sort of strange mm-hmm. <laughs> tragedy occur to them yeah i i was thinking about this recently in regards to a different comic i think but um yeah it certainly is something that happens to a lot of female characters that they are rendered infertile and usually that's framed as like kind of the worst thing that can happen to them I, i'm a little yeah it's i kind of go back and forth on it because obviously like, parenthood is something that is important to a lot of women, yeah, and, like, exactly. I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily good that they should be, like, yeah, they should just not care. <laughs> like, I think that's a good example of, like, uh, not not understanding, like, womanhood when writing female characters to assume that, like, actually every female character should not care if they're rendered infertile. Um, yeah. and, and because, like, parenthood and having children is, like, such a part, it's, it, it's more textually relevant to the book rather than it just being like something bad that happens to a character i mean obviously like there's a million examples of going too far the other way where it's like they might as well kill themselves because they now have nothing to live for and no value um but i i do think that like that you can overcorrect i i didn't i didn't really clock it to be honest when i was reading um these issues (sighs) But but yeah, I, th- I guess it's it's all like kind of tying, especially in this issue or this this storyline, which again is called Motherland and is very much about parental relationships. Like it kind of it kind of ties in. But I couldn't say beyond that that I'm like, oh, thematically, it makes sense that I mean for, for Allison was probably infertile anyways. Like she she obviously she, she like weird janked up her reproductive <laughs> organs with whatever <laughs> happened with the cloning it's it's also just strange to me to do that to three like i, I think that almost makes me th- feel like it was like more of a deliberate choices or like show that like he's almost lampshading it in a way yeah like rather than having her like lose lose it over this happening she like doesn't seem to really care yeah because of where that character ends up going i eat it's the like grave <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> It, it's like why does this Boilies. matter like why yeah I, why would you do this to her if you know exactly what's going? i was to just thinking the same thing like she she dies so it's not like she has the opportunity to become a mother anyways like she's dead within five issues six issues something like that yes and and there's not like space in the book for her to process it from like a character standpoint like she never has a conversation about it with anybody or is like shown reflecting on it in any way so it literally is like you're infertile She's sort of like it gaff and then never talks about it again and dies. <laughs> 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 yes, that that is her art to some degree. We'll get to more of that later. Um but yes, I, I do I I like that moment of <laughs> idigai litigov yidigo. Yes, of course the callback to gibberish is very sweet and very, very heartfelt. Doctor Man's whole like goodbyes with everyone are very, very sweet and great uh, great moments for her. R.I.P. Yes, one because, out. like... because,
1: <laughs> like... Wow, you really enjoyed <laughs> that do. for yourself. Yeah. Um,
0: because, like, she is the one character who is maybe a little more, like, stereotypically feminine of, like, the three main characters because 55 is, like, so... her own piece. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it... She is a bit of the emotional crux in some ways, or at least, like... Right. It's strange because she's also, like, she's also, like, the mental or the intellectual like side of them as well yeah but it's like york is like a toddler emotionally and then 355 yeah, has, is like so down and she's the she's the all forms of intelligence exactly um does there anything else we wanted to touch on before we get on these I, I don't think <laughs> Our so. that was two. quite quite comprehensive <laughs> look at us um but yeah so then we get to once again two more one-off issues yeah but (laughs) this time so it's like the it's like first one off issue hero like a major character like closely related to the main storyline and then who are who are some it's like alice and man it's the core trio and ampersand (laughs) are the like four characters who get the the like origin stories and then hero obviously yeah oh and there's there's like a it's not it's not as like flashbacky but there's like the beth dream issue as well that is kind of like her her secret origin for sure yes and now we have the obituous which is a the lady driving the garbage truck from the second waverly the wizard of waverly place herself (laughs) And, And, uh, and well it's the lady driving the garbage truck and the prostitute that york met on the train Okay, I was wondering if we had seen them before. Yeah, it's the it's the the, yeah, the same sex worker who told York that his beard wasn't convincing. <laughs> uh, and that if he tied his chest tighter, he would almost pass. <laughs> a good bit, truly. Um, but yes, I mean, this a great cover for starters. great cover of her and her her get up with her bandana <laughs> holding a severed head masked um, up as yes. is appropriate indeed what did they know um i was i was watching the uh there's this billy eilish documentary that just came out uh and i was watching it with someone and she was wearing a mask at one point and and also like there were bunch. there was a shot of like her in asia where there were people wearing masks mm-hmm. and my friend kept going what did they know <laughs> <laughs> i uh, i had a similar mental joke while watching the big short by myself and there's that scene where brad pitt is going down pitt. the escalator yeah so you see like someone coming up the escalator wearing a mask and like from behind oh brad yeah pitt, <laughs> like, brad gives pitt gives baps. him the nod for, but you only see it from behind and then you get the reverse shot that reveals that he's also wearing a mask <laughs> right a great fit uh, big short a great movie, movie for sure anyways uh i do i don't have anything to say like story-wise per se about this issue i think it's fairly filler-ish uh and we could have done without yeah i mean i i do i do like that we sort of get a story that is uh, i mean there is also the stuff with the with yorick's mother as well well so that's what i wanted to talk about she gets like a state funeral a cr- she the, the funeral she gets is insane, and the <laughs> the reason that's given is that Waverly realizes that she's York's mother and is like she needs to be honored. D- didn't she like lose York? <laughs> like I her what we know of her from this story is number one she gets like connected with York and entrusts him to 355's custody number two she like hears something about the secaucus ring or something and is like actually the culprits are bad time for me to send my mentally ill daughter to like go try and track him down step three this doesn't seem to be working i better contact the israeli army and get them over here <laughs> step four oh here's a picture of him nude in the newspaper now i'm assassinated i feel <laughs> oh, like i am dead as a civil servant as a government official <laughs> she did a remarkably bad job handling an asset of extreme value <laughs> and the response is that she gets one of the craziest funerals <laughs> i've ever seen <laughs> where her funeral like her casket is wrapped in the american flag and being pulled by like horse-drawn carriage she gets the mayor's funeral she from The Dark Knight. She, she gets, like, JFK's <laughs> or, funeral. Or, uh, that's Commissioner Gordon's funeral, right? Yeah. She gets well, like, yes, she gets the whole point is that it's JFK's funeral. funeral. Uh, they say, what would Jackie do? Oh, right, you're <laughs> Which right. Is, a is a good line. That is a good line. Another thing that I wanted to talk about with this issue, and I do, I do like this issue, actually. I like that a character who is not close to the story exactly like that we get to see that perspective because that does feel like something that has been a little bit missing especially in like the more recent issues but another thing about this and they do come back to at the end of the issue but they just sort of casually mention the idea that all like and it's something that has should be considered that all animals on earth are dead yes (laughs) except bugs well they've they've already brought it up like dr man at one point during like the more sort of like road trippy early part of the series york and 355 are just like talking about some some like you know conversation starter topic of like if you if something like about like food like what would you eat if you could eat anything and then they're like dr man what about you and she's like the naked mole rat and they're like oh huh? she's like they're extinct All now right. because like it, the the full life cycle has passed since all the males have died, so they're extinct. Yeah, now. I guess it's only been five years, so not every animal is dead. Yeah, but, but anything with a lifespan of under five years, RIP. But uh, of course, we do learn at the end of the issue that life has uh, found a way. Yes, and we I like that we don't really get an explanation of this that they're just <laughs> they're just young rats that are indicative of the world somehow adapting. Yeah, and fig- it seems like a direct counterpoint to Dr. Matsumori being like the earth has spoken and like no more men to, to have it be like, actually like voila, like naturally reoccurring, um, like unclear how, but reproduction happening in a species that's supposed to be extinct. Obviously like nature has not spoken at least in so far as like non-human species go. Yeah. Um, and then I think definitely, I think this was basically just a whole issue written to get to the last page. Which is a, a good moment. The idea that sort of that they, as women now, like, sort of have this opportunity to transcend their, the previous societal roles they were being put into. We can be more than just bodies cut to a, j- a mass grave yeah. on a football field. Classic. Which is, like, you know, it, it's always a good bit, like people love to put skeletons in comics we do i feel love like skeletons and like decomposing bodies but it's always a it's always a fun visual yeah it's certainly like a good sort of prelude to what we get in like the last two pages of the last issue right the woman's world
1: right.
0: anyways then we get brian k vaughn's ode to comics <laughs> yes <laughs> i with an insane cover so bad <laughs> yeah the cover is bonkers uh, I just don't... Yeah, I really don't care for most comics that get, like, meta and are, like, about comics. And especially one that's, like, maybe comics is the ultimate storytelling medium. I just, like, do not care for. Especially also, like, especially what it's, like, and now time for 13 years of how can we adapt this story into another, preferably screen medium, ASAP. And also, like, the other, the other thing that really annoys me about like like the only thing that annoys me more than like what if what i'm doing is actually really important (laughs) is if you write the issue that's like what if what i'm doing is actually really important but then the last page is me being like whatever (laughs) i don't really care that much but everyone will know that i actually did think it was important it's just like shut (laughs) up dude Uh, yeah i don't i don't care for it much in the same way like the last the last issue with these characters where they put on the last man play and york is like this sucks and then the director turns to camera and is like everyone's a critic (laughs) the shrug yeah i I, like we've said subtlety is not what this book is about and i feel that some aspects of the story are better served by that than others
1: (sighs) yes and commentary this is, this on is, art is not
0: one of those facets this is like all of his worst instincts in one issue like the the like this is really where i noticed like the idea of like all the characters being written the same and it's like oh like my tits hurt after such a long day of working and it's, <laughs> like it's such like a man's way to like write like what would a woman have a problem with like oh her boobs oh, her, are oh i know yeah like me she's then, thinking like, about her boobs <laughs> yes exactly um and like so many pop culture re- like an insane amount of yeah. pop culture references i will say though shout out to the last girls uh she was like a rat gang <laughs> <laughs> yeah they rock they the father heard. the father effing last girls yeah. love love um, the last girls they rule yes and then like you said like this whole like metatextual element of it is just well i also feel like is five years enough that you could have a popular anything entertainment ostensibly that was like what if this global tragedy but like doesn't this this seems like exactly the kind of thing where it's like the the stupid stories we're gonna get in five years that are gonna be like and it's set during the lockdown (laughs) it just seems like it would be like oh this sucks so much like we get it (laughs) Uh, i don't know it just it just feels like the kind of thing that if i was in the world where this had happened and was like oh this new comic book that's like about hey this global event that happened but you know different and like here's the story we're gonna tell about it i'd be like oh, this is lame it certainly i think that it would it would maybe i think it would be like talked about because it was so controversial like I just don't see it becoming like a bestseller. That catches like, no, like it would the world people. by storm. It just see. It seems like it would be more likely to be like that issue of Amazing Spider-Man where like Doctor Doom is crying over the Twin <laughs> Towers than it would to be like what, what an insightful like commentary about a global trap. Like I just don't see it being something that like caught on that people were happy about or liked no no one no one likes stories about like the bad things that are happening like right now <laughs> I, I just yeah five years just doesn't seem like enough of a remove that especially given that like they're still in such a state of recovery that it's like what does he say the price is it's like two canned goods or whatever donation you feel is fair or you and your shopkeeper agree is yeah fair. it's whatever it's whatever donation the shopkeeper deems fair. Yes like that uh, (laughs) that doesn't seem like it's a world that's ready for like xx the last woman (laughs) right uh yes there's uh, it's just so much here like uh, just imagining imagining a world where two people have the conversation that starts with what did woody allen say about la (laughs) and the other person immediately knows the answer (laughs) The other person doesn't immediately say who cares. <laughs> Bleep that <laughs> guy. Woody Allen yeah. is long dead. <laughs> Woody Allen's... <laughs> Woody Allen is a desiccated corpse oh, no. on a football field right now. <laughs> uh, his skeleton is uh, going to therapy as we speak. Was he cancelled <laughs> in 2002? I mean, like yes but like we didn't we didn't know how to cancel right right but he was then. all we he was already continue like continue to make movies but he was already like people there there would be people who was who'd be like forget it it's woody allen like we don't care um yes yes i mean like he'd already He's married already his controversial he'd, daughter. he'd already he'd already been accused of sexual abuse like there's there's plenty going on there for woody allen but also like again like Annie Hall it was 1977. I don't know anything about movies. <laughs> That's what I'm gradually <laughs> learning. When did you think I it, don't know. I, thought it I, I I thought it was like mid-late 80s at the earliest. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, I, can't, I cannot stress enough how incapable we were of canceling people <laughs> as, <laughs> as recently as like the late 2000s. Critic Roger Ebert described Alan as a treasure of the cinema. I'm like whatever well, that got him. Hmm. Roger Ebert's dead. R.I.P. <laughs> Deuces. Deuces to the world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is insane. We must, we must. This is the work of two lunatics. Um, yes, we are on to the final trade. The okay. Uh, here's a oh, this would have been a fun game, but we can play it now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want you to guess. Okay, I'll give you the pull quote and then I'll I'll give you clues as you guess. <laughs> And you are trying to guess who gave which, the quote. which character. This is a person. No, 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 this is this is from the cover oh, of the oh, okay. trade. Okay, so the quote is the best graphic novel I've ever. Oh, read. I already know, unfortunately, it's Stephen oh. King. <laughs> yes, it is Stephen <laughs> King. <laughs> He's like weirdly into comics. But not that weird to me. He, like, so he, like, co-wrote the first arc of American Vampire with Scott Snyder, and it's good. His son, Joe Hill, is, like, a prolific author of comics, as well as other things. Stephen King's son is a prolific author? (laughs) (laughs) Higgity-higgity-what now? (laughs) Yeah, the Dark Tower comics are good, if you like the Dark Tower. Oh, so we're moving on to Wise and Wherefores, the final arc of, uh... Of why the last man. Of why I oughta the last man. Sure. Um, So after we see Lennon's corpse real Yuck. quick, weird, weird <laughs> thing. Just a, just a fun little... I like do like allude. that they bring back the lighter, though, and allude to other times that the lighter has been a factor. Yes, that's all very good. Um We also i forgot about this weird york dream sequence yeah okay so i want to talk about dreams in this book like generally because i so i finished the this reading earlier than i normally would like relative to the record and have done pretty much nothing during my like runs this week except like ruminate on the meaning of dreams in this comic <laughs> book and i cannot figure <laughs> I <laughs> can't figure it out. He has like so many of the characters have these portentous dreams, but mm-hmm. like not that actually predict anything. Like nothing is shown in the dreams that actually happens. But No, well, I, you I know, I, I, it's certainly a manifestation of their their fears and their their wants. Like so for York, like so this dream it's like he well, first he starts wearing his gas mask, which is probably indicative of something in and of itself. Yeah, the gas mask is certainly rich imagery. And then we see, like, BDSM gear 355, akin to Safe Word mm-hmm. with the other Culper Ring agent. And so, like, and it seems like it's, like, alluding towards a sexual encounter. But then his su- 355, as his subconscious, is telling him that he will die if he comes for Beth. And we see, like rotting corpse so that's that's the like recurring thing that is in all of his dreams uh, is that if he finds beth he'll die and beth like also dreams about him dying and ampersand also dreams about like having to protect (laughs) him from from death yeah well certainly i mean it makes sense why death would be on his mind certainly certainly. but I i just i guess i don't get like what the connection to Beth is. Um, And maybe this is something that Beth uh, touches on when they have their sort of in-depth conversation. The idea that Yorick knows sort of what is to come in terms of his and Beth's relationship, but is sort of in denial about it to some extent. So maybe the appearance of Beth as like this corpse is sort of a symbol of their relationship being... A dead a dead man walking so to speak yeah <laughs> am i getting anywhere I, with this? i guess like yeah it could it could be alluding to that or like maybe the the sense that like the reason that he has like gone on living ostensibly is to like find beth but at like at some level knows that if he finds her his like the relationship and the thing that has been like his driving force at least as yeah. far as what he has like told himself for five years is gone. Yeah, he's chasing something which is already dead. R.I.P. deuces to the world. <laughs> this is not This is not good. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, pretty quickly we all end up in Paris. Yep. Um so the Israelis are here. Desecrated <laughs> and... synagogues. A, a wild little plot note that Alter has burned a synagogue to the ground and framed anti Semites for in order France? to question. Mark? Yeah, I don't. Yes, in Paris. What is the purpose of that? <laughs> in order to rally her troops, I guess that they're like he can't. Like he, we have to get him because the rest of the world burns synagogues. I guess I, I'm, I'm. And unclear. also, is it? It's in the previous issue also, or in one of the previous issues that we see Beth in paris looking for him or yes. is that not till later no that is it that is in one of the previous issues i think it's at the end of uh like the motherland no no it's at the end of um kimono dragons i think oh really i think no or it, no, it's no paper, dolls, than... paper dolls paper dolls no no it's, no, it's, it's more recent where you see her in the rain doing her like Vous avez vous Have you No, it was definitely in the chunk of issues I read for this episode. You, I don't think that's true. Or or you <laughs> might you might see her again, but there's like a big like last page of the issue where she's like where she's like, "Have you seen this yeah. man?" Have a seen? I'm going this to find man? it and. yes that's, that's basically what it is. <laughs> going to find it and you're going to be so embarrassed paging through as quickly as we can yes here it is it's yes it's like as i said it's at the end of motherland issue 53 or whatever that is the, uh, boy, 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 boy. all right you're right you were right now. So, I was wrong. you can sing the i was right song and i will um so yes now that we've gotten that out of the way <laughs> uh we're all in paris beth's in paris the the fearsome foursome i guess it's more of a sixsome the moms. Moms and company. Yes, the mom squad have made their way there as well. And then we... They... Uh, Yorick and 55 finally arrive there by train. And this is just... Just classic BKV. <laughs> like, that we've gotten like five disparate plot elements <laughs> for the last 15 issues and now everyone's in the same place and, and everything's going to boil over and be crazy. Indeed. I do also like the like scene where york and 355 go into a chocolate shop and then in the next panel the mom squad walks by <laughs> a lot of that That's a good bit yes yeah, so a lot of people like just barely missing each other or things of that yep. nature another tomb um, full of skeletons. another uh like another execution by alter <laughs> yeah alter alter is wild and out to say the least at this uh, this stage yes she's lost uh much like austin powers she's lost her mojo <laughs> Um, Oh, and I, so this is a very interesting part, which doesn't end up amounting to much. But the end of the, I think the second issue of this arc is where you get 355 gives him the scarf, which she has been knitting throughout their journey. Yes, classic. And what she says is a thank you. And then Yorick looks away. And by the time he looks back, she is gone. This is also shortly after she has complained that he never taught her how to like do the disappearing trick. Oh, I, I must have missed that. She, the, like, dialogue, they have, like, he, he, they're talking about, like, how she he taught her to pick locks. Um, right. And she says, you didn't teach me everything you know, though. Like, I still don't know how you, like, disappeared when we were in Washington to, like, go to the monument. Yes. And so that, that's, that's a really, that's a strong moment. I mean, obviously, yeah. it, it sort of gets taken back pretty quickly, but I just really like that moment of, like oh like she's just gone and that's like one of the few times that they have been apart really for any extended amount of time yeah. um and then we get the beth reading at the same time which is you know romantic yeah, we get the full the full issue basically of uh a reunion between the two of them uh, which, of course, is uh, emotionally wrought. Uh, apparently, Yorick, Rot. Yorick has had sex one time in five years, but apparently has gotten good, <laughs> according to <laughs> Beth. <laughs> well, I, I would imagine it's more... Beth not having well, had sex in five let's years. let's recall once again that her nickname in Australia was Bangin' Beth DeVille. <laughs> and she seems real eager to gloss over any romantic entanglements that might have happened in the intervening years. True. And, Straight sex, then. And when we see her, of course, at the <laughs> end, she is with heroes. So, Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> of course. But... I uh, am hesitant to believe that this is her first sexual encounter. No, I certainly. I was. I was not. (laughs) I was not meaning to imply that only with a man. Yes, is what I meant. So yeah. So they, like you said, they have this whole conversation where at first they're sort of uh, rekindling, but then Beth sort of breaks down because of this reveal, which I think it's not a reveal exactly like it's it, it's it's certainly i thought of it as a possibility at the very least that beth reveals she was going to break up with yorick She was actively breaking up with yorick when <laughs> yes. uh all of the phones went out at the exact same instant that the plague struck <laughs> a thing that is still confusing and weird yes that's well, you know the satellites probably crashed or something. But yes, that <laughs> the sh- unmanned satellites <laughs> <laughs> that she was trying to break up with him. That he was like proposing to her because he sort of had sense that the relationship was deteriorating and didn't want to let this go. And we he also, of course, compares himself to a straight jacket motifs. Am I Total motif. We, well, we also get basically the resolution of 355's arc since she's going to die in the next issue. But the trading her gun for the dress obviously is like a hugely symbolic uh, gesture in regards to her having gone from the like faceless secret agent whose life is defined by service to others to a person who like has has... Grown tired of that life, basically wants to return to sort of the innocence of her childhood. Is looking for peace, you might say. Her name. Her name. Wait, did I miss that? It's on her gravestone. Oh, like that's what she's flashing the peace sign in the next issue. Okay. Cool i didn't i I didn't clock that uh (laughs) it's it's, it's i was like like, oh it was unrevealed it's not yeah it's not explicit i think it's fairly clear though that uh if you if you i I buy that if you were paying attention if you freaking (laughs) knew how to read comics sounds like we need to go back to episode yeah freaking misunderstanding comics (laughs) fantastic number four (laughs) okay um another thing just jumping back a little at the start of that issue, when it's her buying the dress, the Chiron is Paris, France, met no, which <laughs> Oh, I, I did funny. not notice that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just a good That bit. is a good bit. I did not notice that. <laughs> and so, I think we're at the point where this is actually something that I meant to talk about earlier when I was talking about Allison and 355's scene together, which is the one thing Allison brings up is that 355 is in love with Yorick. Yes, which, as we learn over the course of this issue, he reciprocates as well. So, well, we we mostly learn it next issue, but he certainly has made lots of like indications in that direction. Right. So, my guess, my main question is: Do you buy this <sighs> um, this relationship, which has been teased over the entire course of the more or less and is now sort of coming to fruition yeah, it, he kind of put himself in an impossible situation here because beth is like the carrot at the end of the stick that has been like serving as either the primary or secondary motivation for like every plot development for the entire series and so in order for that to work she has to remain believable as like the ultimate object of york's desire and affection which makes it hard to then also credibly see that 355 is like slowly winning his heart and he just hasn't realized it especially yes you can't you can't develop the relationship too much because, because otherwise that beth like... stops being the carrot and it's like well why does he still care about this girl he hasn't seen in five years if he has like found love somewhere else uh and especially when you consider like how much of the book is like centered around the the moments of action and the like the ongoing development of the plot like after the first like basically after safe word there's not really a lot of downtime for the characters to like explore their feelings together in the same way so it's it there's there's also like not a ton of room for the the relationship to develop that said i think like in this section of issues he's done a good job of kind of foreshadowing it insofar as like you know the when when he's sleeping in the room of skellington's uh for reasons unknown uh, he has the conversation with 355 where she's encouraging him that like we're gonna find beth it's so great she's the love of your life because the person who you like is right for you isn't the person who makes you feel better but the person who makes you better and then the sort of emotional climax of this issue is his realization that he he is now the person that beth wants him to be because 355 made him better not not because the like quest for beth is what made him better but because of his association with her yeah i and it's like i i buy all of that but then i they, they really the just seem like really really into, good friends is the problem yeah exactly <laughs> the problem is then jumping into them that meaning that they have a romantic connection with each other like the like yes the person you love should do that that makes sense but also like the person you love isn't the only person that can like encourage you to be a better person and like i can sort of like, if you squint, you can sort of see their compatibility, because like they're sort of like an odd couple thing, like, he is a lot more, like, funny and silly, and she sort of needs that, because, like, she has been deprived of that so much. But I really can't buy like, that this journey has, like, led them to fall in love with each other, and I really can't buy that what is ends up being sort of the emotional climax of this issue, which is that yorick reveals from the end of safe word what he saw like this this light at the end of the tunnel that yeah that's encouraged uh, him to keep on living and that it was 355 like that just it doesn't make any sense that's the part i fully do not buy especially like that that should have been another thing that we just never found out what it was i think i would agree because yeah i yeah i agree it doesn't it doesn't make sense that the thing that he was holding on to to stay alive, this that like convinced him that it wasn't worth killing himself, was three fifty five. The way that like the their relationship unfolds from that point on, I mean, I guess he says like I've been lying to myself or like denying it or you know yeah, but I just feel like if it was a profound enough revelation to convince you to give up on your like death wish shouldn't it have been a profound enough revelation that you don't then immediately be like, but it was probably nothing. Yeah. Like they did like, and it's like that happened, but then he like went back to convincing himself that Beth was actually like the reason behind it all. Like, and it's just like, I knew I wanted to, what he says is I knew I wanted to keep living in any world that you were a part of. It's like, really? Like, she's great. (laughs) Like, She's, Shout out to three fifty five. You know, she saved your life. She's a she great rules. person. She's <laughs> extremely capable, but it's like this is like the person your whole world revolves around. Really? Like yeah. It, like I said, they just seem like really, really good friends. Like people who would have a close platonic relationship for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and do. Like they have <laughs> had the whole. Um, Oh, you wrong for this one! <laughs> crying, laughing emoji. <laughs> but, but, like, yeah, I think I think the reason that it f- like doesn't really totally track as like a romantic love is that before this arc, there has been almost zero sexual tension between them. Like, they just don't seem like they're attracted to each or other. Romantic or romantic tension. romantic. Well, yeah, yeah, basically more romantic than sexual, even I would argue. They they just don't seem like they're attracted to each other. it's the the long and the short of it the only time it has ever come up really is when she like 355 had her tryst with dr man and they were both kind of like sniping at each other a little bit that was the only time that there was like any indication of like any kind of attraction and it even then kind of played more as like jealousy about like the the how it was going to affect like the group dynamic than about like Oh, she doesn't love me. She loves Dr. Man. Yeah. And like, it's like the biggest moments of like their romantic relationship that I can think of are like the two times when Doctor Man told 355 that she loved Yorick. And it's just like, you can't just say that to us and have us believe it. Is I guess the main issue that I have. Yeah. Like I mean, like I said, I I don't envy him. He set himself kind of an impossible task as far as like keeping Beth viable while also trying to cultivate something with 355. I think he's he made the most of kind of the lead up to this section as far as kind of bringing those ideas back to the forefront, reinforcing them. But I like I agree, like if you finished uh, Motherland, you wouldn't be like, obviously these two are in love and and the only reason that you like i'm sure if you ask people like who does he end up with there are plenty of people would guess 355 but it's only because the idea has been like textually seeded so many times not because you're like oh well like obviously the fit is perfect the chemistry is electric like yeah and because she's like one of like the five people that could like like it could be three viable romantic interests two baths yeah Allison is already clearly gay. Hero is his sister. Gross <laughs> yes. that you would even think of that. Yeah, honestly, you're the freak. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like that it's, you basically end up with three people, one of whom he's spent a significant amount of time with in the book. And then like, like, I, I, I think maybe I was sort of and I guess this is sort of what happens is that he ends up with no one. Well, he ends up with Beth, other Beth. Oh, right. Well, sure. O- off screen, but, <laughs> yes, off screen. It's very, it's very not highlighted. Um, but yes, and but we re- we really need to get to the ending of this issue, which I do not care for. Really? That we're talking about uh, number number fifty seven. We're talking about whatever the correct issue of this is. The, like you're talking about three fifty five getting shot in the head. <laughs> Yes, much like Bin Laden himself, 355 takes one to the dome. And immediately after it happened, I was like, I hate this. And then I was like, do I hate this because I don't like that it happened? Or do I hate this because it's bad? And I arrived at I hate this because it's bad. (laughs) Because I didn't want them to get together. (laughs) And so it's like, why would I be? I guess like because like, it's just like. And I, I am it is because I'm mad about it to some extent, but I'm mad about it because you're doing that character so dirty. She is done dirty, and yet at the same time, I feel like she has to die. I <sighs> I feel like it's highly ascent like Okay, can you can you make your case for that? Because I do not I it just It really made me shake I, my head I, and <sighs> like sort of colored the rest of it for me to some extent, which I still liked it, but so but i was just like why did this need her her arc is complete in terms of like the thing that she has been looking for is like inner peace basically and like an opportunity to like sort of put down her sword which she at this point has found so her character arc is totally resolved her story function both in like plot terms and thematic terms is also resolved that being her thesis statement of like i get people where they need to be she's gotten yorick to the place where he physically needs to be as far as like a all of the like science stuff is in place for like the the cloning work to go on he doesn't need to be there anymore and b he's like in paris with beth achieving like the the resolution of that story arc for like the the physical side of things. And then like kind of thematically, emotionally, character wise, she has like gotten him quote unquote to the place where he needs to be insofar as he's like no longer the person who relies on someone else to, to like be the, the initiator, to be the um, like proactive force in his life. He, he's like come into his own basically as a man. And so, I guess it's just sort of like she doesn't. She doesn't get a happily ever after because if she gets but, a happily ever after, York gets a happily ever after. And but that I don't think that I would disagree with that. So like, I I agree with everything you said. Like I do think that her arc, like she has arguably the strongest arc in the book, and I do think that it's fulfilled. But like, the I feel like for me, and I think for the satisfaction of the and like again, it's hard to dissociate it from like do I want this because I like the character a lot and I want to see like this character have a good ending or do I just think like dislike it? But it's like the, the culmination like of more than anyone else. I would say in the book, I would argue 355 deserves to be like the person who has a life of peace after the conclusion of the story and taking that away from her in order to serve Yorick's like ultimate character like culmination is just very dumb to me and i don't agree that she needed to die to sort of create this like this dissatisfaction because like it there are so many other things you can do to break up a relationship beyond killing one of the members of the relationship like there's so many good reasons why 355 and yorick would have not worked which like we sort of see throughout the book and like sort of get into like it could just be like, oh, like Yorick is a huge celebrity and she like doesn't want to like have a public life, and so like their relationship can never possibly work. Like there are so many reasons why that could happen that ki- like saying killing her is the only way to facilitate that ending feels very wrong to me. Yeah, I, I mean it's tough because I do feel that this is a fridging death for sure. Like there she she dies to give like weight to Yorick's tragedy and i think the like it ultimately is i mean the last issue is sort of bittersweet but i do think like tragic comic obviously is the name of one of the issues and i think also kind of summarizes the the tone of the series overall and we're definitely in like a more tragedy portion of it but still like her the the ultimate function of her death here is to like give yorick uh like stakes basically and to give him like pain that, yeah. that we get and, to see to him make, process yeah and to make that last the scene with him and alter more impactful which i think is successful in a lot of ways i think that is a very successful scene because it's sort of like in a lot of but then but i don't think it's successful because of her dying i think it's successful because it shows it shows the ways in which she has like like you were saying like has brought him to like becoming more of like the man that he should be and he is sort of like taking on her characteristics in terms of, like using the baton and like having his action moment which he hasn't really gotten for the most part throughout the mm-hmm. book and also like the idea that like his alt like his sense of justice even i feel like comes from her like it does feel like a previous york would have just killed her Whereas I think, like, his his realization that, like, this cycle of violence is ultimately totally pointless, I think, it comes more from 355 than it comes from his own experiences. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I just think, like, it's a perfect gut punch and, like, that almost in itself is an argument for her death. yeah I don't I just think I think it works I think that any other way of taking her out of the story is less impactful I think that in a story like that has been to a degree about survival and about it is a survival story to a certain degree and to have this issue and like ultimately the like the the denouement of the story be about how all these characters who we've been watching like fight for their survival meet their ends is like good <laughs> like I, I i like it she she dies dr man dies uh ampersand dies you know we like we get to see where where all of kind of the main figures bite it basically and i think i just think yeah this is the right this is the right moment it works for me yeah and i mean like, i i don't know it's just hard like and i i i do agree to some extent like i think it does serve the story well Like, I think it creates a lot of, like, powerful moments, especially, like, over the course of this last issue. I mean, the storytelling of the death is, like, perfect. Yeah, and I also, I I love the way that it concludes the Alter storyline, like, the idea that she, like Yorick and, like, other characters we've seen, is, like, wants to die and, like, has been unable to except like the world they're in and and not only that but feels that the death she deserves is at the hands of a man. yes yeah so let's let's segue into that other than to say again the last four pages of number 57 are perfect but so yeah we get presented with this final sort of motivation for alter, which is that like basically everything that she has said about why she's doing what she's doing is garbage and actually, She was another character with a death wish and the only reason she has hung on is that she feels that what she deserves is to be killed by a man and York is the only man that she is aware of. And so many of her antagonistic actions have basically been to try and provoke him into killing her. What what do we think of that? I mean, I think it makes more sense subtextually than it does textually. Um, Like, I don't think you needed the extra like i think Yorick's sort of like realization you've been trying to commit suicide too is like a good button on that scene without her having to explicitly say i've been i don't want to die i want to die to a man and all that like and i mean like i i think there's a lot to that like i think a lot of this issue is sort of about violence and about like how maybe men and women like almost can't react to violence differently, oh. and they can't be friends. <laughs> I mean, that is <laughs> that is the theory Brian on posits. <laughs> um, and and so like it's almost a sign. Like it's a it's interesting because it is in, a, in many ways a sign of Yorick's sort of like his fu- the fulfillment of his character in a lot of ways that he doesn't have like this easily provoked like emotional masculine to some extent response of just instantly killing her like i think his decision to spare her is sort of the indication of the culmination of his arc in a lot of ways so i think and so i like that element of it that sort of it's that they they have these sort of conflicting views of violence and like Alter is like so <laughs> alters pretty far down the rabbit hole at this point truly but that that she has this like very wrong-headed view about like what the world's supposed to be like and how it's all supposed to be like adversarial and it's supposed to end with everyone killing each other and having york reject that i think is a great culmination of both of their stories but i think that the more like like I said, the more textual elements of it are maybe less successful. Yeah, I think that's kind of a recurring sort of challenge through these last, like this this whole kind of stretch is that like emotionally, thematically, he nails it, like hits every emotional note, like pitch perfect, Uh, at, like can't miss. Textually, like doesn't really make a lot of sense. And, and maybe that's a consequence of like where he puts his priority. But yeah, like reading the last issue... The way that like it's obviously structured around those like emotional hits uh and like getting getting that part across is clearly the priority but i yeah i do think that the direct sort of like yeah it's like skeleton uh like storytelling slash textual elements of it suffer for sure yeah and i do think to some extent maybe it is that he's i guess he's he's pretty experienced at this point uh certainly a lot more experience than he was when he started but maybe like the feeling that like this is the ending so i really want to get all of my ideas across like i want everyone to take this in the way that like i've always dreamed of communicating it to them and so i want like maybe he dips a little too hard into like leaning into explicitly stating his ideas yeah, like just not maybe so, not trusting the audience to yeah yeah yeah, I mean, I do. Yeah, obviously the the full page splash of him with the gas mask, which up to this point has been about like concealing his identity, finally having like a utilitarian purpose and whe- wielding uh, 355's baton is great. Like huge, huge for my guy. <laughs> yeah. And then and then, of course, the like kind of downbeat uh, ending to this issue of them finding him at the fountain. Uh, and of course uh hero says her signature line oh man because he's a man <laughs> oh uh i, I missed that <laughs> um the, another just to jump way back for a second oh boy, here we go when the clones of dr man's man were revealed i wrote down i'm predicting right now we get a joke about man being cloned <laughs> and Immediately, Yorick follows it up with Dr. Men. Classic. Good bit. A good bit. <laughs> we all agree. Yes. And then also like, I I mean, it's not quite explicit I wouldn't say, but like, sort of like, you have the in the fore of this last pan- page you have, you know, the women foregrounded sort of like uh, you know, not exactly images of fertility but to some extent like topless women, and that sort of element of it, yeah. and then in the background you have the the phallic obelisk. Yeah. Good. Uh, good sure. analysis. I didn't notice it. <laughs> it's art, baby. That is art, baby. I know all about it. <laughs> all right, let's um, move on to number think, sixty. Yes. The which sounds like you have a lot to oh, say about. Do it. I ever? So this is like, as as I said before about the fact that like there's never a definitive answer given about the plague. This is, like, maybe one of the most divisive issues I can think of insofar as people either absolutely love it or they are writing, like, rambling screeds on message boards about how let down they were, how much they hate the ending, how it ruined the whole book for them. Overall thoughts, where where are you on this uh, spectrum? I The thing is, like, because, like, you had sort of talked up this last issue, like, being kind of crazy, I... I don't know. Like, I really don't know how I feel about it. Like, mostly my thoughts on it were while reading it were just like, "This is so weird." <laughs> like, <laughs> everything that's <laughs> happening is insane. The yeah, the decision to smash cut sixty years forward, I think, is part of what people don't like that there's like no no, there's nothing to there's nothing to resolve. I, I, I like, agree, but pe- I think I think part of what it is is people are mad that he killed three fifty five. And then there's also like no dealing with it really that they it's just like "Eh, and now sixty years later, but which is a bit of an ongoing problem I would say like to some degree like sometimes like a lot of stuff that happens like it's sort of left in the past and it doesn't really get explicitly like brought up or dealt with exactly which I guess is a part of like a problem of the medium and a problem of the whole thing constantly moving forward but you know uh, can we talk about the cover absolutely because big it's old why on cover yeah big old why th- there's no why like so i'm looking at the like release cover mm-hmm. now with all the text on it and stuff so it says final issue at the top there's the big old Y as you said and then it just says the last man like it doesn't say why the last mm-hmm. man as the title um, you obviously have the child ba- 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 sitting ba- next York to wearing his number sixty uh, yep. tank top, and then the monkey. The monkey doll is a great yeah. little uh, a little addition. Yeah.
1: Great um, cover, yeah, so, I love it.
0: <laughs> I, I like it a lot too. Wait, we need to go through the uh, the other covers and see if they all have this. Long. So I, I was so this one's looking at them, and some of them do not. But hold on, let me let me get into where we were again. We started with 49, right? Or no, so 49 does have one between Beth's leg, Yorick's arm, and Yorick's leg. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. That's a lie. Uh, obviously, number 50. Like, the whole yeah, thing is a lie. Why. Number 51, there is inexplicably just, just a why on the wall behind <laughs> them. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the weird, weird one. <laughs> So this one, again, like the touched fingers with the leg, kind of like Al- Allison's profile yep. sort of forms one. Ampersand also forms one in silhouette. And <laughs> Ampersand's shadow also forms one. So there's three Ys on this this puppy. Uh, number 53, there's kind of this one. This one's a little. It's pretty, it's pr- <laughs> this one is debatable, but I think there is one between shovel the and stop the leg. sign. Oh, I was going to say the stop oh. sign in her arm oh like i get i was thinking more like the yeah, shovel i, I, and you're then talking her talking about. I mean her it's ultimately like about kind it. of like a triangle shape which obviously yeah, is, yeah it's more of a triangle shape i guess to be found i mean the <laughs> four. this cover is so <laughs> this bad this cover is insane and also the y and the hollywood Borderli- sign is on fire and borderline racist <laughs> it's it's a weird cover these caricatures i, I can't i can't speak to it certainly uh, I believe number 55 is the only one where I I don't see anything that I would make the case for. It would be a stretch. <laughs> yeah, like the coats kind of, but yeah. not really. Number 56, uh, the upside down Eiffel Tower that's, on the Paris Tour really Guide is incredible. Uh, oops, I just somehow ended up back at number 39. How do I go forward uh, from here? I, I have it for you. 57, there is a, it's like, beth and Yorick on the tree right beth they're is like, like being impaled by the really long arrow yeah so she's sort of a why the well, tree I guess. behind her is also forking into a Y, yeah so it's we're, a we're good there good cover 59 or 58 is the peace sign that's which is itself a y. A y. yeah <laughs> 59 doesn't really have one there's like the beginning of one where it's like an arm holding ampersand's throat but it doesn't exactly like spike off into the yeah, other. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Was... I wouldn't say that this one has one. And then six, of course, is a big old Y. <laughs> of course. So let's let's jump in here. We can take this one pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty page by page. <laughs> I feel because like there's like thirty insane revelations per yeah. page. Um, so we start with clone Yorick, but we don't know he's a clone. It just looks like good old Yorick as we know him. Um, Perhaps a bit younger and fresher than what we just saw, and we we realize pretty quickly because she says she's never used the word sir before, mm-hmm. and so it's like th- wow, yeah, it's doesn't... it's clear that there's <laughs> we're asking ourselves just what is going on here. <laughs> exactly. Of course, we get the answer when we flip that old page, see that futuristic hover car, and get the big old Paris, France, sixty Watch years from now. So. well we'll we'll talk about this a little bit later but the math i feel does not exactly line up 60 years from now as in 2008 60 years from now as in the last page that we just read i'm unclear no what's no like like the the, i mean the last page of number 59 like when when is now yeah, because the 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 Chirons always say now. Yes. They say parents France now right. or, you know, whatever. So it's 60 years from whenever the comic happened. Right. Uh, we get, of course, this huge splash of, of Paris. Now, these futuristic buildings, <laughs> I read the script. They are distinctly intended to be, like, vaginal or, like, evocative of, like, oh, now interesting. women design the architecture. So instead of phallic skyscrapers, we get these, like circular it Guggenheim-ish. slash like, yeah there's there and of course like the bridges with their arches there's a lot of like open holes so to speak <laughs> in uh, in the cityscape here right uh, sure and the giant jet is pink which i thought was a strange choice yeah i don't know if it's like not pink exactly but it looks pink to me maybe i'm not I get, yeah the power i don't know correctly. it's it's it, it, it's certainly a pinkish purplish color anyways um so we go to what is i don't know where the presidential presidential french French palace apparently (laughs) marseille where we see that beth jr is the president of france yes (laughs) beth jr is indeed the president of france and we will, of course, learn as well that Ivan, or sorry, Vladimir, is the, uh, the Tsar of Russia. <laughs> <laughs> like none, Which, of, none of this makes any sense. These are, these are two crazy things that Beth is the, <laughs> the president of France who speaks English. <laughs> and Vladimir it seems to like, I, I mean, obviously, there's not much like clear information here but seems to be like the god emperor of russia (laughs) that is like the sense i've always gotten (laughs) i can sort of get that idea if like like i i would buy the explanation that's like oh like they want to reestablish a patriarchy and there's only there's one like one of the very few natural like biological living men is russian and so like i can see that being like a symbol of great national importance, certainly. Um, it is insane that he is specifically the czar. Yeah, it is. But it is weird. But yeah, so the the geopolitics is certainly one of one of the stranger parts of it. Um, there, I do like the moment of Beth Junior talking like the burden of carrying another's name, and then you have that portrait behind them. Yes, of uh, um, of other Beth, and of course, young young Beth, BJ pj yes bethany jr um we learn that uh yorick is believed to be dead but in fact is being held in uh like basically a secret psych ward at the presidential palace and that beth uh, of course died a catholic an important <laughs> important story beat that, that kind of as a that's a nice story because like you do kind of forget like this far on that that is where we met her originally yeah. in the church and of course like so it's the, funny because the post vatican three uh reference suggesting that there has been like a major reform or schism. or yeah, i don't not necessarily a schism but certainly reform that there's a better. suggestion that it has changed substantially enough that she was comfortable going back uh I, we can probably gather that they never did get their male pope to uh, declare that women can also be popes <laughs> and just had a Vatican council and then eventually younger Yorick is introduced to to older Yorick in a truly wild splash page that I was not ready for (laughs) yes that is he is as we saw him in the first issue in a straight jacket saying did you know Elvis had a twin brother in it with a crazy Doc Brown-esque haircut Doc Brown-esque is right and a horde of monkeys surrounding yes, him. Yes, none of whom are wearing diapers, of course, because they're too well-behaved. And, and of, of course, intended to be highly evocative of Yorick's grandfather when we saw him in those that flashback. Oh, yeah. Uh, remember, I told you it was going to be freaking important. No, I don't listen to you. He, uh, the most important thing I want to talk about here is that Yorick the Younger yeah. does not know who Elvis is. I buy it. To an extent. 40 years from now... You think no one? I will don't know think, who I Elvis, don't think I don't think no is. one will know who Elvis is, but I think it's believable that a clone who was presumably raised in like, uh, <laughs> you know, like like probably spent a lot of his early life in like a kind of scientific slash like you know he didn't he didn't have like a normal upbringing who knows where like streaming technology is if all men on earth disappeared in 2002 like the accessibility of elvis's music even i think is like reasonable to to say like who knows he also doesn't know who the ghost of christmas past is uh yeah (laughs) 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 he that one that one's uh uh, unusual but so we learned that york is being held in this state because he tried to kill himself on his most recent birthday which he claims was a joke because and i quote i was 85 and about to be 86 so but he was 27 <laughs> <laughs> when we last saw him he was 27 <laughs> it doesn't make sense <laughs> well maybe it's 58 years from now <sighs> The, the math doesn't make sense to me i'm confused i'm confused <laughs> i refuse this um but on the other hand do we buy it was it a joke did he think it was funny that he was 85 and about to be 86 or did he genuinely attempt to commit suicide well i can imagine yorick doing something that would appear to have him commit suicide for example, like I can imagine him trying to do like a Houdini esque underwater escape <laughs> that they took to be a suicide. Uh, I, I don't think he wanted to kill himself. Like I think, I mean, a I think if he wanted to kill himself, he could. Um, and we also see at the end of the story that like he doesn't want to die necessarily. Yeah. So like, and also like you know we he we've already sort of gone through the whole York wants to kill himself arc right and obviously like you know he, was, circumstances he was able have to uh, get through it that circumstances time. have changed materially since like 60 Certainly. years ago 60 ish years ago i think but thematically speaking i think it doesn't necessarily make sense that it's like i finally overcame like my inner like suicidal demon and then like it's like cut to I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> I th- I actually uh, am prepared to take the opposite stance. Um, I think. I think that he's right that it was a joke insofar as he probably had like a morbidly like dark comedy thought of like, I'm 85 and about to be 86. That's kind of funny. But he seems like he's like kind of grasping at straws when he like, there's a telling ellipsis before he describes it as a joke. Of course, young York appropriately responds. sounds hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think like, you know, his whole motivation was like that he doesn't like he wants to live in a world that 355 was in was what like saved his life the first time. Mm, Obviously she's true. no longer alive. I th- I just think it makes sense that after that he would he would like continue to wrestle with like suicide as as a part of his sort of life. And I think that in a way like Beth's plan works and meeting like young yorick kind of gives him back his uh or a certain amount of his joie de vivre which is why instead of killing himself at the end he of right. course escapes yeah i'm i'm like i said i have i have no read on this <laughs> issue because it's so crazy like i was just like going along and being like <laughs> um speaking of which we cut quickly so it's it's interspersed so it's their conversation interspersed with flashbacks. So we cut to the Australian outback. Our old friend. No, this is not the Australian outback. Oh, it's like it's the African yeah, savanna. The Kalahari, I believe, specifically. Right. So we're in Africa. So we see Hero who is sort of, you know, bedecked in She's gone from she's gone from like cowboy gear to safari gear. Yes. Park ranger yeah. gear. Um and she discovers bald yorick classic coming to meet her as previously alluded to in an earlier issue about him going this bald. this version of york like basically is what brian cave looks like if will you like pull up a picture of him at this very present moment and it's also what's spider jerusalem <laughs> it is a, it is a little spider jerusalem-y but uh, no i think this is definitely uh a brian cave uh like self clearest clearest indication of like it was me all along sort of <laughs> who could have thought <laughs> yes he has come to give hero 355's baton Which, uh, i'm not sure exactly how useful that is <laughs> to her yeah I, I don't i don't know what she's gonna do with that in like defending lionesses from poachers yes exactly um, he and again, like this, also feels like a classic BKB of like thirty issues ago. I messed up, and I need to rectify it. Talking about how like the like female led African society like is better at handling the death of the men than mm-hmm. the than modern society was. Like after <laughs> after how he portrayed Aboriginal women, <laughs> he I think is trying to walk it back a little bit. But yes, and uh, so yeah, we I mean get... Yeah. I think you're probably right. And also this is a five page sequence set in Africa with no black people in it. It's true. Um, but we allude to the presence of Beth, and then we discover that not only is she present, but that mm, she more, and Hero are they in love. Are Mackin uh, so thoughts on this? Um, I mean like banging Beth my <laughs> this was this was also kind of alluded to not not alluded to, but a foreshadowed a little bit in the Beth like dream issue where she remembers like smoking with hero at like the brown family mm, dinner yeah. and hero basically being like, you're too good for York <laughs> yeah, I mean like it's like when I saw this, I was just like sure, like none of this seems like compaently unreasonable to have happened yeah, it is it is kind of like eh, fine. <laughs> I guess that's like a nice, a neat little like bow to tie off for those two characters. Right. Um, so another thing, so the, we go back to the conversation and one thing he alludes to is that he, so the younger York says, he's talking about university says the university of Ottawa might be open to enrolling a male student. Mm-hmm. So what are we meant to take for, like what is the state of the world? Right uh, I think we're meant to believe that uh, Vaughn loves Canada and Ottawa specifically but i think yeah i think the suggestion there is that universities are not admitting male students no indication as to why i'm not sure it's i think you can do lots of like guessing as far as like do we know yet if it's safe for like a cloned man to be around cloned women given like the issues with like the the protective uh, aura from your or from uh, Ampersand, like killing some clones? Is it a, just a case of like, it's been so long since a man went to university that now, like, thought has changed and they're like, the, the man's place is in the lab? Right. Yes. So it, it basically seems like the point that they are at as of like when this is happening is that they've just started to clone non Yorick that aren't yeah. Yorick. Um, and Yorick also seems very like he seems very anti-man like when he he sort of references the idea that the that men are a disease at one point uh, which is an interesting like i mean it it makes sense to some extent that he has arrived at that conclusion but also like i don't know like because it does seem like the ultimate message of this book is like neither neither of us would be able to get by without like it's 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 quite literally men slash women can't live with them can't live without them yeah (laughs) seems to be like the overriding thesis of the book to some extent and like the idea you know like that humanity is like interconnected and we need to rely on each other so it just seems strange that yorick has come to this conclusion although he you know he's a bitter old man he is a bitter old man i don't think he's so much like anti-man as he is sort of like you know given given all the reflection that he's doing on his own life here he's sort of like i suck dr man sucked the god emperor of russia who knows he he seems like maybe he sucks maybe he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and and just as like has been living in like women's world for so long that he's like seems like they're doing a better job here's young me just like young me he was kind of a douche <laughs> like, right. don't don't love this kid <sighs> yes, he 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 hates the kid because he hates himself. Yes. Is uh, I think a valid read on the situation. Um, we get another flashback again. So he's a little older here. Um, and it's he has come to see Doctor Man, but he has missed her. She has passed away. Rose is still her uh, her longtime lover, and she's uh, carrying York Junior. Oh yeah, uh oh yeah So this is where. Like it's the first they think they have a winner is the short yes. of it. Um and then we also see all of the doctor men who are helping to carry on Allison's research, yes. which I I, I like yeah, that. I as do a too. Moment. The oldest, of course, now looking basically exactly like doctor man when we first met her there's of course a punk doctor man (laughs) that's as appropriate very funny Uh, and a punk doctor man is arguing with lab coat doctor man (laughs) yes uh as the others listen on the youngest is like 13 and probably should not be in the room (laughs) But, (laughs) but they're they're all working together yes and then the other part of this flashback is that that rose has a dna sample of 355 for yorick and suggests the possibility that they could resurrect her or clone her, to which Yorick, which Yorick rejects, yes. and to which Rose replies, "Say no more, fam." Right, and then gives him that, yeah. that. <laughs> the dark <Doc> brown haircut. <laughs> uh. Yes, i So this scene. I, I, don't, I, I don't know he I don't fully get why he seems so confident slash adamant that it seems to be suggesting that like he knows that she wouldn't want to come back is that maybe like I, maybe this ties into like the whole peace thing and he's like she's finally resting why would we want to like dredge her back up well no I think it, it this is this gets alluded to later in, in this in the last one of the last flashbacks we see which is a full oh, flashback that's to like right. during their during the span of the comic, basically, where basically Doc Three Fifty Five says that she hopes that this is the end of the line. <laughs> so it makes sense that she would not want to be resurrected. That does make sense. I've read this issue like a dozen times and never put that together. <laughs> well, if you freaking knew how to understand oh, comics like, like I, I did, need to go back to speaking episode four. I think <laughs> that's that's that one's going to come up again, and I don't ever want us to double check that we have the correct episode. Yeah, so you know, like you said, alluded to earlier, she he talks about how Doctor Man wouldn't be Doctor Man because she doesn't have her father to, to <laughs> drive her. Which yes, ugh, tough stuff from York, but you know what? He's a work in progress, as we all are. Sure. As you also alluded to earlier, there's it's time for the, the, the most all saddest the monkeys part. Have, all the monkeys are clones of Ampersand Yeah. <laughs> um and they still haven't gotten him right. And then there's this like truly tragic scene of you know, like old York with his beard. He looks like an Orthodox Jew in this like bottom panel, where he's wearing like the wide brimmed hat and like yes. has his, his beard, and he's wearing like a big black overcoat as well. And, 355, and scarf. 355 scarf, yes. Um, but yes, he is he is taking ampersand to his final resting place, <laughs> which is 355's grave. Yes, slightly, so slightly. It is very sad. It is. It, it's tough that your or that ampersand the monkey gets in some ways like a more heartfelt send off than 355, and also like I still think 355's death scene is quite quite impactful. Uh yes yes poor ampersand it is hard to see him old and in pain it is hard to see him eat that poisoned grape at uh, yorks behest yes and then we we sort of get to yorick old yorick giving his sort of treatise on what this has all been about indeed you know the <laughs> we get we get a quote from his old man a pair of deuces ain't much but sometimes it can be a winning hand deuces deuces (laughs) to the world (laughs) uh yes i do like i do like his speech which is uh young york says is this all i have to look forward to uh and he says no first comes boyhood you get to play with soldiers and spacemen cowboys and ninjas pirates and robots uh but before you know it all that comes to an end and then. And that's hit. That's. Oh, wait. That's so. Oh, I didn't even oh, realize yeah, that's, yeah, that's so that's good. Like, <laughs> that's like. It so is extremely good. good. Uh, so, if you, like Christopher, are, are just putting the pieces together here, he, of course, played with the soldiers of uh, Natalia and uh, and Alter, the spacemen of Siba, and the, the other spacemen who died. The Cowboys, I guess... I mean, there's the Cowboys who he meets at the start of Safe Word, and I guess, like, the Sons of Arizona are kind of... Well, I guess they're more army men also, but... They're Cowboys. Ninjas is, of course, Toyota. Pirates is uh, Kalina and her crew. Robots being the, 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 <laughs> the real <sex> doll. <laughs> Uh Yes, and then he says, and then Remo Williams, the adventure begins. Of course, a reference to Remo Williams, colon, the adventure begins... <laughs> Not familiar. it's a movie sure sure. Uh, <laughs> and York appropriately replies I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> 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 and this is yes this is of course when we learn that he is currently 22 which is the first thing that causes York in this issue to smile presumably in a long time that, that makes him to laugh uh, at the the irony that he's 22 at the idea that at 22 he is an adult uh lots of lots of things there for him the idea that his life has been wasted up to this point <laughs> yes uh he calls Yorick rick which is of course what 355 always called him and tells him go out there and get your heart broken so it'll be ready when you really need it uh, and of course the ampersands attack him and when he finally is able to get clear old york is gone yes and then we get this last well, Moshback, hold, on, I hold, on. <laughs> oh, hold on now. Um, I, I'm just interested to hear what you think of this like <sighs> so I get I get like the message like, and this is probably another thing of like thematically perfect textually maybe not so perfect. Old York tells young York go out there and get your heart broken so it'll be ready when you really need it. what if what did he need his heart to be ready for as like so far as we know? Like, it's it, that doesn't seem like the lesson to take away from his like lifetime of tragedy. Well, I think it's sort of the idea that it's like, you know, one like one day you are going to have to deal with loss, like, eventually, i.e., like, Dr. Event, basically, and, uh, and well, even 355 and, yeah. as well. Like, you know, like he, I think he had he matured so considerably as like, a we human were being. We're thinking then that like Beth broke his heart, so he was ready to to, like, keep living I think it's after more losing 355? Well, it says, it says get your heart broken in, for starters, oh, broken not broken. Oh, broken in, you're right. And so I think it's like this. the his whole journey was sort of having his heart broken in and sort of maturing to become more of an adult. And so then when he needed it, which was first 355, and then subsequently, like, that that you're ready to deal with all the pain that life will inevitably bring right. to you, I think is the essential idea behind it good stuff good stuff but yes then we get this last flashback which is a uh, thing of beauty of course yeah so a good, a good moment i, I like when something cuts back like this yeah. right at the and end like all the way to the beginning almost yeah like very early on clearly like they're the, like they're the characters are drawn closer to the way they yeah. were in so the first, first you know, 15, 15 issues is or so shorter yeah where Yorick <laughs> hurts himself running into a field of a, <laughs> a wreckage. A broken up plane. I like plane. to imagine that this is the plane that Beth crashed. <laughs> sure. I, it's, buy that. I mean, obviously part of it's a consequence of uh, the artist being the same, but it looks exactly like the scene where she crashes the plane. Yeah, I, I buy that. Um, yes, and then this, like we said, there's this sort of her allusion to hoping there's no life after death mm-hmm. and sort of which is, in a, in a way, is like her accepting death in a lot of ways. Um, and then this this great little moment with Yarick is guessing that she's thinking of the Queen of Hearts. She says, "Every woman I've ever met has said the Queen of Hearts." And the Five says, "You may need to meet more women." Ha ha! <laughs> Which is just very good. And of then yes, yeah, very so- good. The, the, this is a good issue. I'm sorry to tell you. Uh, the the moment's really good. It's so it weird. It is it is weird. <laughs> it's in like the whole like the essential structure of it is just <laughs> insane. It's like Old yorick has gone insane and he's in a straitjacket <laughs> in the French palace and his daughter is the president of it France. It is crazy, but it's also so good. Anyways, we come back to the future uh so to speak, Doc Brown. Um where old Beth is like confronting young York about uh, what has happened, and York says, "I only took my eyes off him for a second. Catherine, the Culper Ring agent, says he jumped, and young York says, "The Culper Sphere, yeah, Culper Sphere agent." <laughs> young York replies, "No, he escaped." And then we get uh, a great, great ending here: the like wide shot of the palace, and then like kind of gradually pulling out to Paris at large, and we see various scenes of women in the the new world basically living their lives and the last is a woman standing at a crosswalk looking up at something which gives us the final page which is the straight jacket in the shape of a y flying away into the sky Uh, and we get the title for this issue which is alas truly perfect (laughs) yeah it's really good and then as if it is as if it is end game all oh, the yeah. credits, they have their autographs <laughs> which is in as if yeah, it is the credits called to for in game. the script hilariously he like has a note that really? is like don't letter this because we're all gonna sign it <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that's uh, that's cute yeah the so he he said from like the get-go that before he even like wrote the script for the first issue, he knew what the last line and the last panel were going to be, those being respectively, he escaped and the straight jacket flying into the sky. I buy it. Yeah. As soon as you as soon as you see him in the straight jacket, it's like, well, That's we all know a, th- exactly how this it, is it's perfect. <laughs> it cannot be perfect or more more perfect. Yeah, the whole the whole motif of him being an escape artist and of the straitjacket and the handcuffs and all that is like, it's a really it's a really strong yeah. Motif and I think especially to. like uh, throughout the, the course of these issues, as we've like learned to see, or we we've seen him learn rather, I guess, like, I guess in a way, the difference between escaping and running away and and like obviously the the boy who we met at the beginning was someone who like the the escape artist stuff was basically like a metaphor for his inability to like accept responsibility to make commitments and and at this point to see it be like less about getting away from things that are important and more about being free from like his guilt his hang-ups um The the issues that and being able to get to, I think, yeah, being able to reach the things that he considers important as well. Great stuff. It's very good. It's it's yeah. It's just the kind of thing that, like, when I see people complain about the ending, I'm just sort of like, I think we must just simply like fundamentally disagree on (laughs) what endings are for. Yeah, and like, yeah. I mean, I love a good ending. I think it's really hard to have. Like, I mean, there's no really no such thing as an ending that will satisfy everyone especially to like a serialized medium but this is i i like this ending a lot yeah i i think i guess it like i guess if you're reading it as like more of an action thing then it makes sense but it's just and i also think that nowadays this is so much closer to what you would see from a tv show like that like i think basically this comic is like what a lot of tv shows nowadays are trying to be in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways where you have like it's like it's high concept sci-fi but it's very character driven and there's also action and it's like mapped out from like the first episode to like they know exactly when they are gonna end if they're able to like sustain it then they're not gonna like drag it out for extra seasons it's very like kind of yeah, auteur that a, like they're like our c se- our story is six seasons and like at the end of season six it's done and we like we don't care how successful it is when the story's done yeah. we're done and yes and like like very clearly defined like character arcs and visual motifs that can be replicated like the, it's it's very rich in terms of all of that sort of like structural stuff yes so and, and yeah, it's it's an interesting, like, to reflect on where he started at 2002, like, fresh off Swamp thing. Like, 2002, Brian K. Vaughn is not capable of writing Why <laughs> the Last Man, number 60, even even if he has, no. like, conceptualized the ending. Like, I think I think, as I said, when we started out in this series, I think we see a lot of growth for him over the course of it. Obviously, he's not, like... This isn't a flawless work by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, show me a flawless work. And I'll show you a fool. Guy that's <laughs> got a flaw. Uh, <laughs> what is happening? Anyways, I, yeah, I just think that he, he, he has grown and developed quite a bit as a writer over the course of this book. Obviously, next we're going back in time a bit because he still has other stuff to, to do, but... Wait. Are you saying that we're gonna be going back in time? I was just (laughs) (laughs) about to line something up for that, (laughs) but yes, we we won't. It'll be it'll be several episodes yet before we get onto something that he started working on after the end of Y. But it's uh, yeah, it's interesting to think back on now. I think we will see some stuff from him that really showcases uh, how much of this like development has happened. I think we will see some things that showcase the extent to which he still sometimes indulges uh bad instincts or maybe not bad instincts but instincts that are not to our tastes certainly yes vonian <laughs> instincts. We, should, we might call them <laughs> we might call them um but uh, yeah and and i'm excited also to go to like his contemporaneous books uh at this point he would still have like a bit of time left on ex machina I think he's done Runaways already, uh, but I'm excited to look at those yep. books after we look at Ultimate X-Men, of course, at long last, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I, I, oh, no, we have Runaways first. Did we talk first. about this already? Yeah. Did we talk about how uh, this is <laughs> this is putting business on the pod, but do you want to just do Ultimate X-Men as one episode? Uh, How many issues it's is only, it? It's like 20. Yeah, whatever. Sure, let's do like, it. I mean, we're going to do... We're gonna do tw- twenty-four runaways issues in the previous That's episode. True. So I'm editing the tracker okay. as we speak. This is how the sausage is behind the curtain. You know, like peek behind yeah. the curtain and how sausage the sausage okay. curtain. Uh, we already I feel we've had that exact exchange on a previous episode. I basically just said that there's. Do, uh, do you have any do you have any final thoughts? I was just going to say it's interesting. Like, obviously, we just talked about where Vaughn goes after this. Pia Guerra, I don't think, has since this point worked on a book for more than five issues. She, she has, like, she's married to the person who also is, like, her longtime creative partner. And they have kind of worked together to do some, like, I think some original graphic novels that are sort of, like... Um, early readers or like grade school kind of focused and she has become like a weirdly prolific political cartoonist and and had stints on some other books even like fairly recently but yeah it's interesting she she obviously enjoyed uh what borat would call great success on this book and then and then was kind of like deuces to the comic world (laughs) like i'm i'm on to other other projects she's never really worked on stuff uh consistently again yeah, that's that's very interesting. She's she's very good. She's like, good. I think of her work as like very much indicative of of the work of the time. Like it, it, her work feels of its time, but not in a bad way necessarily. Like it feels like a good example of just like this is what the art of the time looked like, and it looks very good. <laughs> like I don't think I don't mean it's dated or anything like that. Like I just think it looks like of its time in a good way. Um, one. The last thing I want to bring up, which is something I forgot to bring up earlier, is this joke, which is truly great. How did York piss off the entire nation of Israel? His Merchant of Venice thesis. <laughs> oh yeah, I almost sent you a Snapchat when I got to that line because I was laughing at it so hard. <laughs> Just an in- <laughs> like everything it portends yeah, is hysterical. very funny. <laughs> like it's such a complete joke without having to say anything. <laughs> Uh, oh that's very good and it just like adds so much i i just love how much it adds to york in a way to imply that he's the kind of person who has like <laughs> an ill-considered merchant of venice <laughs> thesis. of course of course he does <laughs> I assume you have some uh, awards talk. Relatively for us. minimal. Uh, they did win Best Continuing Series. The I believe the only one of the of the run for uh, the these this last stretch of issues. He also was nominated for Best Writer for the Eisners this year and won the Harvey for Best Writer and also was nominated for Buffy the Vampire Slayer season eight, along with uh, Joss Whedon and a couple of other collaborators. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Oh, he won. They, so they won collective or collectively, uh, the Harvey for best single issue at the 2009 Harvey's, uh, for number 60, which well deserved. But, uh, no no nods from uh, the Eisners for that one and they won the Hugo for best graphic story for volume 10 as a collected volume Good for them yep it's it's not as like um, I think the way people sort of talk about it you expect uh, the series to be kind of like covered in accolades and I mean it certainly it has more Eisner's than your average comic but um, but it's it's not like a huge. It's not it's not like it was like pulling awards in every year in the way that we'll see or or nominations even in the way that we'll see with some of his other stuff. Yeah, I mean and it definitely seems to me as though comics is a medium. I mean, it's it's similar like the Emmys are sort of this way where something will get nominated like frequently or maybe not even nominated always like for Emmys like during the course of its run. And then, more like if there's like a first breakout season and then a final season, would get tend to get more attention. Like you think of like Schitt's Creek, which got an insane (laughs) amount of Emmys, and it's like after barely even being nominated for it got it got over the course of its life series achievement awards, basically. Yeah, or or Return of the King in for the Oscars, how it only got a few nominations and wins for the first two, and then it's the 11 of 11 sweep at the end so it's not it's not insanely surprising but it is it is interesting yeah. for sure um obviously we've talked before the tv show is in development the forthcoming i i don't know i don't anticipate it being good for whatever reason i yeah i mean i pretty much never have expectations for any adaptations of anything to be good like i mean like that's not to say you can't make good ones but i never have high expectations for something but i do think that this uh that this could be something good like it, it certainly you can see how it translates yeah very easily I, a TV I guess show the format. problem i have with it is that like the good adaptations are like or, or at least when i think of comic adaptations most of the good ones are ones that have like enough flex that you have like some sort of general themes and and ideas that you can adapt but mostly write like a new story whereas this mm-hmm. is like such a complete work basically from start to finish that i feel like any changes they make are just gonna annoy people who love the comics and if you annoy the people yeah, who but love I'll... the comics you have a hard time getting like the buy-in from people who are basically like is this gonna be good what do the fans say yeah. But it also it translates so directly, I feel like, from print to screen. Like I like, you know, The Walking Dead, obviously you can foresee how there might be like production issues like how do we like get a billion zombies on screen, like yeah. stuff like that. Whereas I feel like this, it's like it's so grounded in a lot of ways. Like it is, you know, post apocalyptic to some extent, but it feels like it's a lot easier to just translate this directly from a comic to a show than it would be for another, uh, another yeah. work. It's like relatively low scale, all things considered. But, um, yeah. and just a quick rundown of the, uh, see also section from the Wikipedia page, Gilgamesh book of Genesis, Mary Shelley's novel, the last man, Charlotte Perkins Gilman's novel, her land, 1915. 1924 film The Last Man on Earth, Julius Machulski's film Sex Mission, P.D. James's novel Children of Men, <laughs> N64 games Battle Tanks and Battle Tanks Global Assaults. <laughs> uh, uh, have you read the flaw description I for Battle not. Tanks? 1999 film The Last Man on Planet Earth, 2017 novel Sleeping Beauties. I assume these... a reference to the Will Forte uh, no no reference. Show. I assume all of these have some <sighs> elements of gender yeah. side. I would imagine. Okay, I think we are. I uh, think we're about done here. Do you have anything you wanted to add before we uh, before we close up shop for this week? No, I think just deuces to the audience. Yep, deuces and pooses. Oh um and please kusmasseus. please deuce us on uh, apple uh, <laughs> our, uh, apple podcasts <laughs> ah! rate us two stars to show that you listen <laughs> <laughs> very good see you're now you're on board and, with uh, the bed now uh, you hey, like it uh, those of you who are just checking out the series for the first time that is of course why our average rating is two stars not any other <laughs> reason <laughs> Yeah, this episode came out months ago, and everyone (laughs) got into it. It was a hilarious joke. It broke the internet. Um, That's why we're like this. Uh, People actually said they want more of this. (laughs) We the last funny. I don't (laughs) know. That's nothing. Um, Tune in next week for Runaways Volume 1. Numbers 1 to 8. Sorry, I've... (laughs) Yes, proceed. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Um, as David said, please do us. <laughs> um, and for David and myself, until next time to be to continued continued, continued. <laughs> Let's try a slow one this time. Have we, a- have we um, had to edit any of those yet to see if they line up at all? <laughs> I think that was better if they don't True. line up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, goodbye.